Thank you for joining us for Light on the Path, an ongoing conversation designed to encourage you from the Word of God as you walk with Him. Please take a moment to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd also love to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. Be sure to see the show notes for more information and connect with us online at eastsidethomasville.org. Thanks again and enjoy the episode. All right, we are back. It is Monday morning and I am not here. So we recorded ahead, but I am on vacation in Pensacola with my family, enjoying the beach life. And I, we're, I think we we're in Navarre, actually. And that's kind of east a little bit of Pensacola this year. So I've just been blessed to be able to spend this week with my parents. And actually, all of our kids are coming home from Cincinnati, from Boston, Georgia, from West Africa, and my parents coming from the West Coast, and we're all here together at some point this week. Um, today, we're not all together, but they're, they're on the way, and really looking forward to that. I'm Sean Jacobs. I'm the lead pastor at Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia, joined by my associate pastor. Bill Warren, and I'm looking forward to coming over and joining you guys at the beach as well. So is it a big enough house I can come coming? join you? <laughs> Uh, no, weren't you here last week when I said we downsized? Oh, sorry, sorry, that's right. I mean, that's if right. the son-in-laws I'll, are sleeping in the doghouse, where I'll, do you think you're sleeping? I'll join him in the doghouse. I'm okay with that. I, I live in the doghouse enough, so uh, so it's it's good to be good to be here today, enjoying uh, enjoying fellowship together with with you, Pastor Sean, and with those that are listening, and and uh, looking forward to spending some time in God's Word this morning. Amen. Well, today we're on a little more of a sobering topic. Sorry to start your Monday morning off with this, but you know, Bill, uh, Pastor Bill, you and I were just talking about this, how so much about um, sexual purity is in the scriptures. Mm. And I think because, you know, normally as pastors and teachers, we're always in mixed company where, you know, mm. there's not too many of those men only meetings or women only meetings. And there's so much to talk about, even when there is, right? So you get very little opportunities to speak about these things. And that's a little bit of a disservice, I think, because the world sure, sure doesn't oh, slow down. Absolutely. That's for sure. Bombarded on a daily, daily basis of sexual immorality. Uh, I mean, pornography is everywhere. And, you know, maybe not the, maybe not the deep stuff, whatever that is, but... We are softened to it. We are teased with it. Um, boy, it just doesn't take long to encounter something like that. And our young people is the same way. I mean, it's happening in schools. Everybody's got smartphones. I mean, literally everybody, except for my children, it seems, <laughs> have smartphones and, and yours. Yeah. Um, when they're young, <laughs> I mean, we've got kids that come in our buses. They're elementary, five, six, seven, eight years old, and they have a smartphone in their hand. I'm like, what in the world hmm. is a parent thinking? And it's a little bit of a, a reaction to the world. I mean, they, they want to be able to connect with their child and know where they're at and, you know, a result of sending them off to school. And mm-hmm. so some of that's cultural. But with that comes this danger that Satan has really, really drowned this world in um, immorality. It's interesting. This is such a, um, a per- pervasive 
cultural. It just it's so prevalent in our culture today. But the reality is, it's. Um, I don't know necessarily culturally that it's it's driven out of some perverse idea of of you know we're going to influence people. But the reality is, it's it's every part of of culture is a a natural response to God's call to 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 um, to being sanctified to be more like Himself. And so there's a there's a counter to every one of those sure. calls that God has to us. And the and call ha, uh, God has the call to moral purity throughout Scripture because. His his gift of intimacy was designed to be a special um, uh, a picture, a special design, a, a, a special relationship that points to his relationship with the church. And so, it's a beautiful gift. It's yeah. a it's it's Amen. beautifully designed, a beautiful gift. And I think because of the fact that it's a beautiful gift, it's become an effective in Satan's arsenal of of temptations, his his arsenals of perversion of what Christ calls us to, it just becomes an effective tool. And so yeah. because of that, it's just permeated our culture. That, that's a good good word. I, I'd almost go so far as to say it's become a weapon. It's taking something that God meant for um, mm. sanctity and pleasure and unity in marriage. Um, I mean, it's so much more than procreation, right? Yeah. And mankind figured that out a long time ago, mm. and they have perverted it, and the devil's been fueling that fire for a long time and you know in our culture it seems and you feel free to jump in on this but it seems that it's to such a point that we even in the churches we are starting to see a generation come up that does not see the evils of it anymore Mm -hmm. it's becoming so normalized Um, I mean I, I haven't even looked at the current statistics on pornography how, how big of a business that is now hmm. in just the United States alone. I don't even know, but it, it is, it is becoming, I, I remember last year when we did the football breakfast for the city schools and I mentioned to them, um, I was talking about inner strength and how that pornography is one of the biggest ways to cut the inner strength out from a young man. And I said, I bet you there was quite a few of you this morning that watched it on your phone before you came to school. And there was a big group of guys that started laughing. Mm. I mean, out loud, like there was no shame whatsoever. And mm. we're in Thomasville, church-soaked town, mm. USA, Yeah, you know, and it's just, it's just everywhere. And, and we've got adult couples now, whether they're married or not, thinking it's actually a benefit to watch that together. And it's, it's, it should be part of our lives and it's just a healthy thing. And it has just come full circle. It, it really has. And it, it's sad um, as technology has advanced, um, it, it becomes more available first, uh, first and foremost. So it's yeah. what, what used to require a, a risk of um, embarrassment being exposed, or being yeah. exposed now can happen in the, in the relative safety of, your, uh, of wherever you are. And then secondly, I think too, because of technology and, and um, so, 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 immorality used to be personal it used to be there was a person associated with it now it's Mm -hmm. just become separated from which is again the ultimate perversion of what got designed intimacy for which was this unique bond between two people and now it's been it's become um, digital images and 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 there's this a total separation from the humanity of it i think it's 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 done more damage to to uh a gift that God has given mankind than, than we can really even probably quantify this morning. But no, I think you're absolutely right. 
I, I was reading this quote from Dale Fazenfeld Jr., and he, he says, I know of no sin that will do more to deaden a man's spiritual vitality than the sin of moral impurity. Hmm. And, you know, of course, God says that very same thing, but and we're going to read that in 1 Corinthians 6 in just a second. But it's no wonder our churches are dead. Hmm. It's no wonder. It's, there is so much going on beneath the surface um, in the hearts of supposed to be our leaders in our churches. Hmm. That, and I'm not saying they're all wicked perverts and striving to be sexual weirdos. and Not at all. We're just bombarded with it on a daily basis, and not everybody's winning the war. Hmm. And they're right there in our church. We never talk about it. We really have very little avenues even to get it out in the open, and it becomes this big secret thing. And somebody's honking horns at us. I don't know who that is. I think it's a vacuum cleaner in the okay. hallway. <laughs> All right. Sounds like somebody's honking horn outside the window here. So, they're, boy, they're really getting on yeah, the message so. already. How do they know what we're talking about? Well, on that note, let's turn to 1 Corinthians. If, if you have your Bible, um, great. If uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that noise is. That is so weird. Okay, hopefully you can't hear that on the podcast. But yes, we're going to act like we can't hear it, too. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 13. So, Apostle Paul, of course, is writing this to the Corinthian church. They were in the middle of... Um, I, I think, I wasn't living there, but from what I can read in history, this town put New York City to shame. <laughs> I mean, this was a modern-day um, hotbed for sexual perversion, and even down to the, the temples that, that worshipped <laughs> that act. And uh, he says here in verse 13, he's talking to them, he says, um, just really conveying to them the idea that, listen, God has a purpose for your body. Okay, he's talking to Corinthian Christians. You're in the middle of this perverse city, but God has his own purpose for your body. He says, verse 13, meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You know, he starts off with that kind of um, that cultural colloquialism there, meats for the belly and the belly for meats. And that was really just... Um, part of that, uh, I believe it was Greek culture, but part of that culture that basically said, you know what, our body has desires and we just makes total common sense that you meet those desires. So the meats for the belly and the belly for meats was, well, my body gets hungry, so I know I need to feed it. And so they transfer that over to sexuality. My body desires to have sex, and so I need to have sex. And they had, it had become a worship to them totally worship themselves and the flesh. It was a culture of pleasure. Sounds a little bit like modern-day America. It, it so. does. Mm. It does. They don't say it, but right. they believe right. that. Yeah. And then he goes on in that passage, you know, verse 15, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? And he goes on talking about how can you make the members of Christ the members of a harlot, a prostitute? You know, of course, God forbid, and he has that, that famous uh, phrase that he uses a lot, what? <laughs> know ye not? He does it a couple times in this chapter. He says, Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? There's that one flesh principle there. For two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And I think this is something that, now when, when it's somebody in the throes of immorality, honestly, I think the physical drug of that experience is so great that they're not even considering what God has to do with any of this. Like literally, I think, 
personally, God would have to step down right in front of them. Mm. But just saying, God sees you, and he's like, no. okay, I know, I'll, I'll get it right when I'm done, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is what he's saying. Do you, do you not understand that you are one with Christ? Do you not understand when you, they didn't have internet pornography back then, so it was with actual people. Do you not understand when you're joining with that woman that you are joining Christ with that woman? Mm. You understand what you are bringing Jesus Christ into with your sin. You are dragging him, his name, his spirit that dwells within you through this filth. Do you not understand that? And Paul, of course, was being very upfront with them. <laughs> and I, I think, honestly, this probably needs to happen more. I mean, I probably need to mention this more. You know, I've given into that same thing in the pulpit. I mean, I've got a mixed audience. I've got young kids out there. And so we, we need to find avenues to do this. And I don't know what the answer is, but, boy, our, our nation just seems to be overrun with it. And I love, I love that Paul links this to. So, again, our tendency is in our, in our man-centered, um, we, we take that man-centered mentality that the, that the Corinthian church was dealing with, meats for the body, body for the meats. You know, my body needs this. Or if, my, if, I, if I'm trying to discipline my body, well, I'm going to build protections or barriers. Mm-hmm. We transfer that over to Christianity. Um, and so we build barriers around individual sins. But I love the fact that Paul says, look, the reason this is not, imp- the reason this is such a, a violation of, our, of, our, of who we are as Christ followers is that we're, we're created for a purpose. And that purpose is, again, we know through the context of Scripture is for a, a, a process of sanctification and becoming more like Christ. And so as we, as we prioritize that purpose, it allows us to make decisions that benefit the, that that overall purpose. And it's just like, you know, when I was growing up, I played sports. I was willing to do things that I did not want to do. Um, give up food and, and drinks that I enjoyed. Practice exercises that I hated for the purpose of becoming a better basketball player. Mm-hmm. And Paul's kind of laying that out here. Say, look, our goal, our desire as Christ followers is to be more like Christ. We have a purpose within the, the, the body God has given us to accomplish something for the kingdom of God, when we recognize that as the priority, it separates us out from these individual sins. Rather than us saying, "I'm going to break this habit," "I'm going to break this," "I'm going to," "I'm going to break the cycle of sin," it's there's a bigger purpose. There's, it's not just that one sin. It's me doing what I'm called to be and to do. Well, you're and, right, and I believe the key in this is understanding this before you're in the middle of it. Absolutely, it's it's like approaching that drug addict when he's on a high and trying to show him the sin of what he's doing hmm. it, it it just it's not that it doesn't matter but it almost doesn't matter hmm. absolutely and yeah. but for us to be really understanding in our lives before we are tempted by these things um, the strength that comes from understanding i have a purpose and a direction and it's because god has a purpose and a direction for me he has saved me to be someone he has saved me to do something and yes, the end result is heaven, but there's so much here on this earth in between that before we finally get to see him face to face and spend eternity with him. And this, this is a major derailment in life mm. when we fall into sexual sin. Mm. Um, you know, I'm looking at the time. We may have to split this into two parts here, but we'll, we'll keep on going. <laughs> um, such an important topic. You know, God has a purpose for your body, but he keeps on going in verse number 18, we're in, in 1 Corinthians 6. He says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Here's that phrase again. What? 
Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, there's that whole idea. Yeah, God has a purpose, but he also owns us. His, you know, Hmm. it's interesting to me to see the transition, you know, when Jesus Christ came and he became our high priest, the temple changed as well. Now, rather than God being in that holy place, I mean, we know God's omnipresent. He's everywhere beholding the evil and the good. We understand that. But he manifests his presence in certain areas. At least that's what he tells us. And now after the cross, after we have the opportunity to come to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes within the believer and indwells us. That's why we, when we join ourselves with sexual sin, we are dragging him through that as well. Um, but we're also, uh, we are his temple. We are his dwelling place. We are a place of worship. We are to be that before him. And he says in verse 18, flee fornication. Now that, that word flee there, I was looking this up, Pastor Bill. It's more than just running. Now, I, we know that means to run. It's actually the connotation of this Greek word means to run from danger. Hmm. So we recognize, I mean, we're just not out for a jog. We recognize that we are fleeing something that is dangerous. And Paul is getting that across to these people here. This, this, this act, this engagement that you see everywhere around you in the city you're living in, this is actually extremely dangerous and you need to run from it. You need to run for your life. Do not play with it. Do not entertain it. Do not uh, look once and, and just figure you'll never do it again. <laughs> do not, uh, you know, experiment. He says, every sin that a man doeth is without the body or outside the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. That's an interesting, I don't know that I really understand the depth of that, honestly. But what he is saying is there are differences in the sins. And this sin of sexual immorality actually hits us at such a core within our being. Mm -hmm. And that it it hits us like no other sin does. Um, he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. I mean, I can, I can guess at exactly how the ramifications of that, but there is something about um, sexual sin in a man. I can just speak from a man's standpoint. Um, sexual sin in a man that has a debilitating effect. I mean, we have seen men that have just been absolutely devastated when they've been caught in sexual sin. But just imagine what is happening in their souls while they're in sexual sin. You know, there are men in the pulpits. There's men. I mean, this is not, preachers are not immune from this. Preachers are men. You know, Christians are not immune from this. Uh, Christians, at least half of them, are men. And this is something that we all have to deal with. And he says, here's how you deal with it. Oh, number one, realize God has a purpose for your body. And ahead of time, go ahead and establish that purpose you're going to make some decisions. You're not going to drag his name through the mud. You're not going to drag the testimony of Christ through the mud. And then when it comes time, run. I mean, get away from that. Don't. It doesn't matter if, if all your friends or people you're hanging out with or you found yourself in a restaurant, it pops up on the screen and everybody's looking or whatever the case may be. I, I don't know. Um, run from that. It's interesting. We see a couple of practical examples of this in scripture where men were successful in this and we see those we see also examples where men were not successful with this but the 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 example of joseph literally fleeing from the house of potiphar when he probably had every right and justification 
within the natural sense to engage in some, some, something that would make him feel good because life had not been good to him. But it came out of a, a pledge and, uh, you know, recognizing who God was, that God had purpose for him so he wouldn't commit this sin against God. Job makes that statement uh, talking about making a covenant with his eyes so he wouldn't look on a woman. Yeah. Um, and then you have David, King David, on the opposite side of the spectrum who in that moment had not not made that pre, pre-moment, pre-event commitment and found himself in a, a path. I guarantee you he never would have. Had he seen the end result of his sin with Bathsheba, David never would have walked down that road. If he'd have been on the top of that roof and, and God had laid out for him what this next step entails, he wouldn't have gone down that road. And yet so many of us blindly wander down that road because yeah. all Satan presents to us is the, is the momentary pleasure. And, and we become enraptured with that momentary pleasure and forget the end of the road. So. Yeah, amen. Well, we are out of time today. And I think, Pastor Bill, let's, let's make this a two-parter. So our, our next part is going to deal with chapter 7, verse number 1, and we'll continue down that road together next week. But I don't know where you find yourself with this. I don't know. Surely there's not too many of us that say we've not encountered with the reality of this, maybe the temptation of this, maybe the repulsion to this. I mean, it's all around us here in America. And if you find yourself on the underside of this, You've been steamrolled. You've given in. You tasted it once. You tasted it again. Tasted it 10 times. You're hooked, whatever. Uh, I encourage you to go in the show notes and reach out to one of us. You can connect with us right there on the website. That'll go directly to me or Pastor Bill. And we would love to pray with you and, if need be, counsel with you and try to help you. Um, God, God does not intend for you to remain, child of God, in the grips of this sin. Mm. He has victory in mind for you, Absolutely. and we would be um, privileged to help you with that. So on that note, <laughs> I hope you have a wonderful week. It has been great to be in the Word of God with you today, and we'll continue on next week, next Monday morning with Light on the Path. Have a wonderful day. Shine for Him. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.